Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Feminization Boudoir Podcast from Candy Apple Press. I am your host, Kylie Gable, and I am joined this week by Shayla Aspasia. Hey, Shayla. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You are not going to play any surprise videos of me or in any way humiliate me on this particular podcast, correct? Not today. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I know you've been getting hell lately. I not have today. That. <laughs> I, I, I'm getting double teamed at this point uh, by, by Raina and DJ. And um, I think DJ online on Twitter said that uh you and Raina and um herself Jen were like the hot uh the were like the no they were like you guys were all like the the players on the football team and I was like the hottie cheerleader and somebody had to wind up with me so she was just happy it was Raina. So <laughs> Uh, I don't even think feminism fe- uh, emasculated like even sums up how I'm feeling. So, oh, uh, I'm sure. But I'm it's wonderful that it's it's wonderful to have you back. Um, I think of you as being a frequent guest, and I guess the last time you were on was August eighth. I know. I can't believe it's been that long either. I mean, it just doesn't seem that way. No, it doesn't. So, um, we are starting something new, a new series. Um, and, but it's part of a series. So, all right, I'm going to kind of do the like 30 seconds. You don't need to know all this information kind of, kind of summary. Um, the first books I ever wrote were the welcome to college series, which was about my college experiences. I had no one to proofread it and I went way overboard in trying to conceal people's identities. So I rewrote it a couple years ago. And I turned the ten, the nine book college series into four different series. The first one was called Welcome to College. Was was called no, um, College Changes a Guy. And I think that might have been eight books. It was pretty big. Mm-hmm. The second one was called Changed by College, and that was five books, I think. Uh, The last one was The Sissy House Rules, which was also, I think, five books. And this is the last one. It's called Graduating in Panties, and it is four books. So I really expanded in the story I originally told about college. I took it from nine books up to 21 books. So it's got a lot more detail. And... I also got rid of some of the things that I had changed just to keep anonymity when I said, well, you know what? It's not like that many people read these books. And if they do, uh, they have something to answer for too. (laughs) You know, it's not, ha ha, I found you. You're writing on a sissy book because I can say, ha ha, I found you. You're reading a sissy book. So, you know, so yeah, so so, so I got rid of some of the things that I just, you know, change to protect anonymity so to, uh, today we're going to have the first book on and shayla you uh recorded it so what did you think oh well i loved it but first i i just have to say this i'm sorry i know it's off topic i apologize sure i um i literally just got a text on night flirt and i looked at my phone and i wanted to read it to you okay. hi it's a brand new customer 
And it reads, hi, I just wanted to say that I am a big fan. I've heard of you on the Feminization Boudoir podcast, and your voice is so sexy. Nice. I know. I mean, he just sent it. It's just right here. I I responded back and I said that I was I was on a Skype call with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, this this does not put a penny, a penny in my pocket. But this is one of the things you can do that really supports the show because these wonderful women are donating their time and their voices and their talents and uh, you know, it means a lot when they get callers from from this show because you know I can say, see, you got something out of it, and they're all wonderful. They all enjoy doing this, but I just I always feel proud when one of you calls them or you know something like this. So that's great, you know. Oh, absolutely, and I get those calls all the time that somebody will say, oh yeah, I heard you on the Feminization Boudoir, and I I just love that. Um, he would I told him I would be on the show tomorrow, you know. Yes. And he's, oh, good, I'll listen. I was like, oh, good, because I mentioned your email, or your message, I mean. So, <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, sorry about that little little no interruption. I know we were talking about the graduating in panties. Yes. Um, yes. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was hilarious, really. I mean, just, just how y'all thought that, you know, you were going to get to go shop for some trendy male clothing, for lack of better words. And, well... As usual, it just didn't go well for y'all. No, it didn't. And um, this is a bilingual podcast. We have two languages spoken here. There is Dom spoken here and submissive spoken here. And I know a lot of my listeners are submissive, so I'm going to translate for you. When a Dom says hysterical, what she means in submissive is humiliating so (laughs) (laughs) very true i thought you were about to say american versus texan but okay (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah so um you know without giving too much away yeah I, i we had a shopping trip for uh male clothing this time so we kind of thought this one's gonna be easy okay you know um didn't quite work out that way but i won't spoil it you know mm-hmm. um but yeah so this is just a four four you know four part um shayla you only read the first so far correct or have you have you skimmed at all um i've skimmed but i mean the the first part's the one i remember the most right. makes sense it's it's my brain so yeah probably not close no. me on the rest <laughs> no i won't i was just gonna say <laughs> Um, I'm going to be curious to see if we can get you to blush. Um, I've only had a couple of books that have made Shayla blush. And oh, I yes, think, you did. I think, I think about number three in this series might do it. So, <laughs> actually, you know what? Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. So here's, I'm, I'm just going to have to read ahead of tonight, definitely. Here's the thing with these books. You're all in college. It's a time of exploration. We were all very naive when this started. It totally started in a very non-sexual way. But when you're that age, you know, popcorn is sexual. Socks are sexual. Scissors are sexual. 
Okay, maybe I need to clean off my desk because I'm just like naming the things I'm seeing here. But all of those <laughs> things are sexual. And uh, so, yeah, things do kind of take that turn, you know. So I'll be curious because you're hard to make blush. <laughs> very true. Very true. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still never going to get over party favor. And yes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I'll blush the rest of my life every time I think of that book. But, yes, I, I, I'm going to have to read ahead tonight now. Yeah. And then the other thing, which I have talked about doing with both Raina and Shayla, is to do um, have, them, have them do some writing. Now, I'm going to make you a promise right in here. If uh, they do the writing, I promise I won't be taking over the audio because <laughs> that would just be really unfortunate for you. <laughs> However, um, yeah, we're Shayla and I have talked about doing some co-writing as have Raina and I. So um, all of us are, are, you know, all of us can write, um, you know, and, and I know Jen and, and DJ can write too. So... Um, but I, I, I'm really looking forward to actually having some, some books that we get to co-write together. Um, I still co-write with Claudia, but she's been a lot busier this year. And I've started co-writing with a new writer, Missy Powell, who I think is going to, she's very close, I think, to being able to start doing a little bit of writing on her own. I'm kind of her training wheels. Um, but so... Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'm trying to do here is, is get more good feminization writers. Um, Pamela Harlow, who I had a while back, she was amazing, but she's gotten busy. And she still could contribute an occasional story, but man, I enjoyed when I was able to read a new story from her every couple of weeks. And so I'm looking forward to doing some co-writing with you, Shayla. Oh, I'm I'm looking forward to that too. You know me, I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. But remember, you know, that's what erasers are for. That's true. You know. We have we have a common friend um whose name is Amberly. And she's Amberly um on um on Night Flirt, but we know her outside of Night Flirt. And Amberly is an amazing woman whose philosophy in life is don't be afraid to suck. And those are words to live by. <laughs> so you spend so long sometimes trying to get everything perfect. And sometimes you just got to not be afraid to, to throw it out there and see how people like it. That's true. I, I repeat that. I, I hear her saying that to me quite often in my mind. Mm -hmm. I, I will never forget all the time she has repeated that phrase. Don't be afraid to suck. Yeah. Yes. You know, we're always our own worst critics, you know, and and so, you know, <laughs> it's funny because, uh, you know, now it's now that DJ and Raina are both being so tough on me, they're also giving me way more compliments and it, it, it freaks me out. Um, so I realizing I am my own worst critic, too. So, That's true. You know, you're awesome. Ah, thank you. You are, too. Thank you. So, all right. So we're going to do book one of um, 
graduating in panties. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Sometimes when I have a series and it's like seven or eight or even five or six parts, I'll play the first one in its entirety. I'll make this an extra long cut, but I'm probably not going to play the whole first episode because this this series is only is only four books. It's much shorter. And then uh, after that, I'll have my whole college you know collection completed, which is kind of cool. You know, when I started when I started thinking about writing it, I hadn't really uh, explored doing audiobooks like this yet, and I was thinking about how cool it would be, you know, to have an have audiobooks of this. So it's going to be exciting for me when I have this all done. And all of it recorded by you. Yes, I I love that that I've I've you know you gave me the opportunity to to record all of your your college stories. I'm I'm flattered because I know how important they are to you. Yeah, they are. It's I think somehow because I, I've noticed it in the sales always. I think just there's something different when you're writing from memory instead of fiction. Um. Oh, absolutely. My doms are much more clever in fiction, but I think there's just some ring of truth or else, you know, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I, I, those those books have always been great sellers for me, and I've always gotten the most compliments on them. So, speaking of which, here's the first part of Graduating in Panties. Graduating in Panties, written by Kylie Gable and Claudia Acosta. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. There was a weird kind of ritual that happened twice a year at the university. In the fall, housing would rent refrigerators out. These were dreadful things. They were about a decade old, and they were cubes about half the size of a regular fridge. They were a real pain to haul across campus. But, for some reason, they never seemed to break down. There was a week when people could pick up the refrigerator to rent, but they all had to be returned on the same day at the very end of the school year. That day was important to Nicole and me because it was what the girls jokingly referred to as Boxing Day. If we still had a final or some other thing that required male clothing, we'd temporarily be allowed an outfit or two. But on Boxing Day, we boxed up all our male clothing and put it in big moving boxes. We would then take them down to the basement of the apartment and Nicole would lock it away for the summer in her storage closet. Once the padlock closed, we knew we wouldn't see those clothes again until September. The three-hour rule was now the 24-hour rule, and we were not permitted to wear male clothing except with special permission. It kind of sucked for us because it made our servitude that much more concrete. But it wasn't like there were that many reasons we'd have to wear male clothing in the summer. The opposite of Boxing Day was, of course, Unboxing Day, where we'd be given back our male clothing. Again, this was tied to the refrigerators. We'd get our clothes back and gratefully take them up to our apartment, 
However, on Unboxing Day before senior year, something had changed. When we asked Sheila about when we could go down to her storage locker to pick up our clothes, she told us things had changed and that there would be a big meeting in our apartment that day at 10 o'clock in the morning. Big meetings always made me nervous and with good reason. They usually signaled that big changes were to come and I wasn't particularly excited about any big changes that the girls might have planned for us for senior year. Sure enough, at 10, all six girls were seated around our living room. I should point out that 10 is very early in the morning for a college student. At least it was for us. So, what gives, I asked. We're going to need male clothing for class, you know. Oh, we know, said Amanda. But we were looking through the stuff that you packed away. It was bad bad asked nicole ratty t-shirts out of style jeans shoes with holes in them bad agreed sheila well we're spending a lot of money on dresses and stuff that doesn't leave us a lot of stylish men's clothing especially when we know we won't get to wear it much anyway said nicole is that a complaint asked wendy no i i just wanted to explain said nicole as if we need a sissy to explain bad fashion sense to us, replied Wendy curtly. Anyway, there's no reason to be all defensive, said Deanna. We have a solution. And it won't cost you anything, said Amanda. We each kicked in some money, with some of the money that Nicole has made waitressing. We've got $300 for both of you. We're going to let you get new clothes for when you're dressing like a guy said Sheila. And we'll get to buy what we want, not spend it on skirts or dresses or something, I asked. We said boy clothes. Why would you need a dress, asked Amanda, unless you want one. If we can buy whatever we want, then thank you, interjected Nicole. Whatever you want, said Wendy. It's totally up to you, just as long as it's in the women's section. And there it was, the catch. Wait, I thought we were buying men's clothes, said Nicole. Well, they'll be as manly as anything you've got, said Karen. Yeah, try and find things that don't look too girlish, but there's no reason for you to be shopping in the men's section anymore. I'm sure you can find some fabulous things in women's shops, said Deanna. But people will know, I protested. All they'll know is that you've got sensational taste, assured Sheila. You can wear any of your women's clothing with what you buy today if you need to fill out your wardrobe a bit, suggested Karen. We're dying to see what you pick out, said Amanda. Nicole and I drove to the mall in my car. We both knew from experience that we could wear a woman's outfit. And if it was plain enough, we could fool a guy who wasn't very bright or observant. But there was no way to fool a woman. They knew what brands were women's brands, and they could recognize the cut and the style of things. Even sharp-eyed guys would figure it out if they got to see us for a while. I finally broke the ice. 
We're in for a hard time, I said. Every girl on campus will see through us in about five minutes. You think? asked Nicole. Don't snap at me, I said gently. We're the only two people who can ever understand what we're going through. We have to do this, so let's try and think strategically. Sorry, but this sucks. I know it does. I don't want to do this either. So what do we do? If we get long sweaters, they can help to cover our butts. Slacks and jeans don't look that much different. We can try getting poplin shirts. They'll be easier to hide than most feminine fabrics. We just have to watch out for the cut and stuff and the labels. You don't really believe that, do you? No, I don't. But we have to do it, so I'm going to do my best. I respect that, I guess, said Nicole. We're so screwed. Now, remember, this was over 15 years ago. There were a lot fewer people blurring the lines between the genders. So there was basically just men's clothing and women's. Men's clothing was constructed for the male shape, which is generally free of curves, meaning it tends to pull and gap in a few key spots on women. Likewise, women's wear is typically geared to look too feminine for a man who wants to dress gender neutral. And the fitted constructions and low cuts meant to emphasize the female figure simply don't look normal on a guy. We started in a women's shoe store. This was actually the first women's shoe store I had ever shopped at. But the sales clerk I knew there wasn't working today. Both Nicole and I were dressed as women, so we didn't get any strange looks, as I did four years ago when the girls took me here for the first time. I had a long discussion with the girls several years back about why I couldn't wear Oxfords, so I knew those were out. Money was also an issue, and I started cursing myself out for not starting at Payless when I saw a pair of dark brown shoes on the corner clearance table. They had a one and a half inch heel, but it was a wide heel and didn't look that different from the heel on a pair of men's shoes. The only problem with them was one I didn't notice. The tongue at the top of the shoe was lower than on a pair of men's shoes. This would expose more of my stocking tops. It wasn't horrible, but it was just one more thing that could be discovered. My plan to buy oversized dress shirts and sweaters didn't exactly work out perfectly. While the extra large clothing did hide a bit in places where the blouses and slacks were cut differently than men's clothing, I'm a small guy and small guys never look very good in overly baggy clothes. I thought I looked like a very overweight person who lost 100 pounds and never got new clothes. The clothes Nicole and I bought would never fool anybody. We'd try and own them and hope that we could somehow get by with confidence, but the chances of that working were rather minute. Of course, when we got back home, the girls were thrilled. They had us model our new clothes and they clapped and applauded. We were crestfallen but they were thrilled. It was kind of funny because unlike the sexy cocktail dresses and humiliating costumes we'd normally model, we were in very boring clothes that hid all the sexuality. But somehow modeling them felt more humiliating rather than less. You look great, girls, said Amanda. Now there's absolutely no reason why you'd ever have to wear boy clothes.
The same rules apply, by the way, said Wendy. What rules are those, I ask? You get to pick out your own clothes, but if we don't like what you pick, we can make you change into something we like better. Or maybe you can add some accessories to perk it up, said Amanda. In other words, keep you happy, I said. That would seem to be your best bet, replied Wendy. Great, groaned Nicole. But wait, exclaimed Sheila, that's not all. Nicole and I were handed brown leather bags. We looked down at the bags and then at each other. Are these purses? I asked. They're men's European carry-all bags, said Sheila. Okay, but what are they for? asked Nicole. That just caused the girls to laugh. By now, I'm sure you've realized that most women's pants don't have pockets. Certainly dresses and skirts almost never do. This solves this little problem for you, explained Karen. The solution is carrying a purse, asked Nicole. Men's European carry-alls, said Sheila. Fuck that, cried Nicole, throwing the purse onto the coffee table. Everything else is bad enough, but if you think I'm going to be carrying a purse with me everywhere I go, you've got another thing coming, protested Nicole. I don't think you want to do that, said Deanna. You really don't want to do that, agreed Amanda. I don't give a shit. You've taken this too far, said Nicole. Don't tell me you're going along with this, Kylie. No, but I, I mean the girls want us to carry the bags, and they are the one thing we'll have that's actually made for men. If we give in on this, we'll never stop giving in, warned Nicole. I know, I said. But when you don't do what they want, you get punished, and then you wind up doing it anyway. If you want to be a pussy, that's fine with me, but count me out, said Nicole. Oh, Nicole, you understand how backwards you have things. I absolutely love giving you orders, but I think I enjoy punishing you even more. When you disobey me, you practically, you're just doing me a favor, said Wendy. I'd rethink what I'm doing if I were you, warned Sheila. I felt like a coward for refusing to stand up to the girls when Nicole was standing right there next to me, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. But for once, it was nice to not be the stupid one. Even though I had been there longer and gotten more used to the situation, I was still the one that was more likely to try and disobey and wind up getting punished. I knew they had the upper hand and Nicole would completely pay for disobeying them. Sure enough, when Monday came around, I was ready to go to class with a ridiculous brown man bag on my arm. Nicole was carrying his things in a silver clutch. We were both wearing girls' jeans, and I was wearing a t-shirt that was supposed to look like a football uniform, but it was dark purple with pink numbers. But I never tried it on in the mall, and now that I saw it on me, I realized just how ridiculous it looked. It definitely was a very girly shirt. Nicole had on a blue and white striped poplin dress shirt. Not only did we look ridiculous, but our attempts to hide it only made it worse. Let's go, sissies, said Sheila, arriving at our door 15 minutes before our 9 o'clock class started. I told the others that I'd walk with you and make sure you got to class all right. Great, a prison guard masquerading as a bodyguard, said Nicole. 
It's okay, we're both going anyway, I said. That's a really fetch purse, Nicole, teased Sheila. Again, DuPont was a rather small college. The girls tried to arrange it so that at least one of them was in our classes, but it was becoming a bit harder as we got further in our education in our majors. However, both Nicole and I were in the same political science class with Sheila. We walked across campus to our class. Sheila and I made small talk while Nicole focused on trying to hide her purse from other students. Own it, Nicole, teased Sheila. Every girl wishes she had such a fun purse to take with her to class. We got there in plenty of time. And that meant that even though we sat in the back of the lecture, everybody who arrived after us got a good look at Nicole and me. It was like when I first started out, except back then I sat wondering that people could tell I was wearing panties or hose. But in this case, the purse and our feminine clothes were on full display. I caught several girls giggling or whispering to their friends about us. The one that stands out was a cute brunette Kappa, who I heard say touchdown under her breath in a real bimbo voice as she walked past. Class was tough, and at the end, the Kappa and one of her friends came back to talk to us before we left. I love your t-shirt, she said. It's so sporty. Thanks, I replied. Just keep a tight hold on that man bag, sweetie. You wouldn't want to fumble it, said her friend. Mercifully, they turned their attention to Nicole. I think I had that exact same purse for my prom, said the Kappa, pointing out Nicole's handbag. What do you carry in it? asked her friend. Just, you know, keys, wallet, and stuff, replied Nicole. It's a perfect size for that, said the Kappa, and with that they both left. I turned around to see Sheila laughing at the exchange. It just wasn't humiliating if one of the girls wasn't there to witness it and report about it to the others. Actually, if Nicole had been honest, she had a lot more than that in her clutch, and with my purse being much bigger, I had even more in mine. There was the obvious, like makeup, perfume, nail polish, a spare pair of pantyhose, and maxi pad, but there were other things like handcuffs, zip ties, and a dildo that I had to avoid showing anybody when I reached in the bag to get money, a pen, or something. Honestly, I preferred going out in public in a mini dress and stilettos over this ambiguous androgyny. Both Nicole and I had gotten quite good at passing as women to the point where if we didn't get too close to somebody and we kept our mouths shut, we were not going to be found out. It was reassuring. Our female clothing trying to pass for men, our rate was closer to 20% than 100%. And as it went on, more and more feminine colors were being added to our male wardrobe. We were playing with gender at the time, and that just wasn't cool. Our man bags also slowly evolved. By November, we were carrying actual women's purses with our stuff in it. And by February, I had a very shiny black leather handbag that nobody would ever think was anything manly. Most people were nice and would never say anything to our faces, like those two kappas. But that didn't mean I didn't know they thought we were freaks. By senior year, I had become a history major. I just really didn't have a head for business, so I started taking classes that sound the most interesting. And before I knew it, I was majoring in English history. 
The department loved to have mixers where the faculty and the students could share deep conversation. They were a bit tedious, probably because DuPont was a dry campus at the time. We drank like sailors, but it always had to be hidden, and that meant no booze at official college functions. The other problem was there were three full-time professors in the department and two adjuncts. It wasn't like this was a rare opportunity to talk with an instructor you'd never gotten a chance to. Dr. Lynch taught British history, Dr. Dewhurst taught Central American and South American history, and Dr. Brainard was the American expert. The adjuncts filled in various special topics, and it was impossible to avoid having at least one or two classes with all of the full-time professors if you were a history major. Katie Dewhurst was different from Lynch and Brainard, who were both fun teachers, cut from the stuffy old white man with patches on their sleeve school of college professorship. Katie was only six or seven years older than I was. She was tall and blonde, cut her hair down a lot more than the other two old professors. Apparently she knew something about me, but I never did find out what or how. As we were both reaching for the bowl of snack mix, she looked at me and said, I really do love that blouse. I had purposely worn the plainest shirt I had, but of course she had noticed. Thank you, I said rather timidly. They are really putting you through the paces now, she added. What do you mean? I mean, it's become 24-7, hasn't it? I'm afraid you lost me. I think you know very well what I'm saying. You're lucky you're not my little sissy. You'd be serving everybody in a little French maid's outfit. You can curtsy, right? I was blushing furiously as she smirked, raised her eyebrow, and walked away. Somehow she knew what was going on, and I racked my brain to remember if any of the girls had her for class, or if maybe Nicole did. I couldn't come up with anything. I was still dating Aaron, and I thank God for that every day. She was the one thing that let me feel like I was indeed a heterosexual male with normal wants and desires. But she was so drawn to me in dresses or flirting with guys that it became tough to keep my boundaries. I don't know if she was embracing her kinks more or was just getting used to things with me and needed a bigger and bigger kick. But her favorite thing was taking me clubbing and watching me dancing with other guys. Of course, the mistresses were tickled pink knowing that I was going out dancing with guys without them making me. Erin really did love my new wardrobe, too, even if she normally preferred me in something sexier. It was funny because she wouldn't be caught dead in any of the stuff she got me. She was a very pretty girl, wore makeup, and dresses like your typical college girl. But she was going through too much to want to get all slutted up for the weekend. That said, bodycon dresses, towering heels, and push-up bras seemed more than appropriate to her for me. She also had several blouses, slacks, sweaters, and assorted accessories that she thought would add needed punch to my weekly wardrobe. I started seeing a bit less of Nicole as she was doing her waitressing job and I was dating Aaron. I got the better end of that deal, but for both of us, those were tremendously feminizing things. 
Erin was getting more and more obsessed with my feminization, and she became almost an ally to the mistresses. She wasn't coming up with things to humiliate me or give me orders, but she was pushing me further and further towards femininity, even while it was the very masculine reaction I was having to her that was making me go along with it. Amanda wasn't in a good place. She had broken up with her last long-term boyfriend in the summer before senior year, and she had seemed to be aimlessly bouncing from bed to bed. She had a healthy appetite for sex, and with her looks and personality, she wouldn't be alone for long. night filled with meaningless collisions isn't very fulfilling, even if it feels good. In retrospect, it was probably time for her to get to know herself and what she wanted, but in her mind, this was what she wanted. She started playing with me more sexually, too. She would love to just lay there while I sucked on her rubber cock until my jaw was aching. Preferably, I was in bed with her when it happened, but oftentimes I was on my knees, bound hand and foot while I did it. I was her plaything out of the bedroom, so it seemed only natural that I became her plaything in the bedroom as well. All right, and that was part one of Graduating in Panties. Parts two, three, and four will be following soon. We'll have at least some of them on here, if not all of them. And um, I'm, you know, like I'm really proud of the series um, because, you know, it brings me back to a different time. Um, one of the covers in this series is actually an old, old picture of me, very heavily um, edited. Why don't I say edited? Because that makes it sound like I'm like putting body parts or something on it, but it's like uh, heavily, what do you want to say? Um, affected, <laughs> trans, transmogrified, I don't know. I just, you know, made it a little harder to recognize the features, but there's an old, old picture of me. That's awesome. One of the covers. You'll have to tell me which one it is. Is it one of them that I recognize? Well, it's going to be the only one that's got an actual non-stock photo picture on it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, I think it's probably number four because I wanted to leave the series with an actual picture. So, but yeah, I'm very, very, you know, very proud of it. And I'm very grateful to you for doing these. Oh, well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. It's It's been entertaining. And what you said about the, the true stories just being, uh, lack of better words, easier to write. Um, I think that's true, too, because most of the things that I have written have actually been from real life. Of course, I've made some uh, modest changes, but yeah, it is it <laughs> is so much easier. But I've I've had a blast and I feel like I've gotten to know you extremely well. We're really good yes. friends in real life, but <laughs> yeah, still, there are some things that you don't always get to share with your really good friends. I really know you. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you you gave me chance, and I'll never forget. I'll oh. never forget that, you know. But um, one thing is to say, the you know what's really hard to write? The hardest thing I ever wrote. Hmm. There is a sequel to Welcome to the Real World, which my, was my college stories, called Well, I mean, to Welcome to College, called Welcome to the Real World, and in it, I took a real event. I almost got busted. In 2014, with um, I we were my mom was moving after many many years. You know, I was from the house I was born in. I had some furniture in the basement, 
and I was down in the basement with her. I've got two sisters, one who knows exactly what happened in college and one who doesn't have a clue. They were 10 feet away from me. I'm going through a dresser. I find all these old concert t-shirts. And at the bottom, I come to a purple shirt that says princess and in silver foil, in silver foil script with a crown over the P. Another shirt that says I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. And a heavy, heavily padded red bra. And in one motion, I put them right back in the in the dresser and I said, I'm really hungry. I'm going to lunch. I'll finish this later. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't see that. So I thought, well, what would have happened if I had had like a fiance there and she saw it? So it starts out really well. And then what I wound up doing is writing a fictional story about real people. And that's impossible because every girl who ever knew me in this story, I want her to get down on her knees and start weeping that I was the one who got away. And if only she had let that happen, while well, every guy is also going, oh man, I, I wish I was him. And it's so hard not to make it some crazy fantasy wish fulfillment instead of, you know, an actual story. So that book took forever to write, you know? Oh, yeah, I can imagine. So... Fiction, good. Real life, good. Fiction with real life people, no. <laughs> <laughs> One of Raina's ideas is to do a, a story where I go to Vegas, and I'm like, no, we can't do a real story with you know real life, a fictional story with real life people because it's going to come out to be really, really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and truth is always better than fiction. I have learned. Yeah, I think so too. Although, I like good fiction, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, thank you for so much for stopping by. And, uh, wow, we've had three shows in a row with an interview. I'm hoping I can keep this going. I actually, okay. you know, I, I, I have plans. We, we'll have a couple of fun little things, I think, before the season ends. Um, I want to remind you, I take May off. The two months I take off are May and November. And May used to seem so far away, but it's not. We're about a month and a half away. Mm-hmm. So our, our weather in Chicago is crazy. It's like 30, then 60, then 30, then 60. So Same here. Yeah, which yeah. is weird. Texas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Shayla. And uh, I will be back next week. I, I hope you will be, too. Oh, absolutely. I sure will be. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.